Welcome to Total Wine and More. I'm firing up the grill for burgers and want to impress the neighbors. You'll love this Cabernet with your burgers. Wow, great price. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, P21. Hi there, I'm Adam Kibas, and this is my novel, Life Choices. The next time when Anne Farrell and Jason Biggs met, things became awkward again. They could not really go on a conversation anymore. Jason had prepared in advance, has gotten himself some some clean clothes, and he was eager to make an impression on Anne. And Anne herself had, in a way, tried to charm Jason. It was in her mind, and she was... She didn't quite know what she was supposed to do, what people would actually expect from her. But she wanted to meet Jason again. Why she was not clear, but she felt like it. But then when they met again in that diner, things did not take off as they wished for. Jason was staring around. He was grinning smugly. This was not intended, but he felt good about himself and he wanted to pretend that he can take care of Anne. Jason, in a way, still wanted to hide that he lives on the streets, that he is homeless, and he was eager to reassert himself, assuming he thought that maybe... He could tell Anne a story that he was working somewhere, that he, that she met him in a very uncomfortable time, and this is why he was actually dirty. This is why his clothes were dirty. They are working clothes. These things they don't mean much, but. When he met Anne, he couldn't get himself talkative anymore. He had prepared, you know how these things happen. People, in a way, prepare in advance. They know what to say in advance or thereafter. But when they are met with a girl, then they seem to forget everything. All their preparations, all their practices go out to nowhere. And so it was with Jason. He, it was too long, too long, far too long when he had and was among social peers. He hadn't been talking for a girl for quite a while. So he got out of use. Things things got awkward. And Anne herself, she didn't know what to say. She didn't know how to comfort herself because she was eager 
she was eager to show everyone look that she can take care of a stray dog this is how she saw jason a stray dog someone that needs help and she wanted to show him to all her classmates to all those peoples that she has a heart of gold that she cares about all others that she is not as superficial as her classmates and that she for a fact can make the difference that she in her imaginative world brings warmth to the world social bombs whatever this might be but this is how Anne Farrell thought of her self but how could she ask him how could she tell Jason that she is that he is kind of her social project that she needs him in a way to boost her social and and uh, as well as psychological self-esteem how does one start such a conversation what are the proper words and didn't know and therefore she stared at him at the diner she felt uncomfortable she tried to please him say him more than it was due because normally man take charge man in a way guide conversations this is what Anne is used to in her school among her peers where man in a way in inquire where man or boys have the dominant role in a, any conversation between the sexes man they are not only just moderators but as well as in choir as man they try to find out why while women or girls try to make their lives secretive seductive and so on so it was unused and wasn't used to some sort of think about other boys think about that her behavior her actions could in a way embarrass her her opposite could embarrass jason she wanted to prevent that but she did not grow up in the proper social setting she didn't know how man would react to some certain bearings she assumed and these are mostly prejudice this is that the working class despite the fact that jason was homeless she subsumed him under the working class that jason in a way would live beyond the notion of equality and that women and men should be treated equally or should be considered as equal she would rather assume this is what she heard of in school and elsewhere that the working class or in the working class men are in charge and you do not want to embarrass a man from the working class especially if you are a woman from the upper 
class. You do not want to humiliate him in taking charge, in showing him that you would not be in need of it. I mean, of course, and friends and classmates in school, they have nothing but contempt for the working class, for those people who who have to work for the daily bread, who did not and were born into privileges. And the working class is not meant as the working class as Marx defined it. No, this is a working class where p people have to do physical labor, where it is a hairdresser or if it is the normal worker who works on the streets, who prepares the roads, whatever it is, this is the working class people who have to do physical labor, but cannot in a way lean back and reap what their predecessors and ancestors sold, people who did not inherit wealth. And for women with means, these people are contemptuous. They don't have any respect for them. For Anne and her female classmates, these are the people who do not aspire anything in their lives. People who do not want anything from life. Nothing but complacency. And as a woman, this is some sort of a horror scenario for, for every middle-class woman that as the wife of a working-class man, you have to be his housewife, you have to stay at home, you have to care for his children, and you do not get anything in return. It comes natural. You have to be a work like a slave and as a thank you, as a gratitude. You get beaten every day. This is how some well-off women, women from the middle class and upper class, think about working class, about workers. And yet Anne was determined to show them wrong because in a way people know that they are prejudiced. You feel these things because there are no evidence. There are no evidences. You cannot prove it. You cannot in a way set the record straight. But kindly or in a way you just identify these people among or according to these characteristics and how do you do you and want you act differently than you know and have known before. But again, and when she stood and sat in front of Jason, she didn't know what to do. She could not help herself. There is this embarrassment, this barrier between the classes. And still, 
no patriot patriotism no love for one's country seems to overcome these social barriers as if all people would not be the same as if religion would be needed to unify everyone but after a while when even jason stopped smiling because he in a way expected things would go on like it went before that Anne would talk talk and talk about her life about herself and he would only dare and he would only listen and he was determined some sort of fruin some of words some sentences from his life how he wants to be perceived he of course knew that he could not just talk talk about his life because in a way he felt it too that he was a failure that he probably did not or his life does not follow those milestones and plans one would imagine and perceive as successful or as successful as such so he felt embarrassed and the most thing people do or the thing people do when they are embarrassed about their lives they try to pretend they are someone else this is human you don't want to be perceived as a slob you don't want to be perceived as the one who lives by mere chance this is what it is of course huh? chance jason knew it he pretty much dependent on the waste many americans threw away daily this was his daily meat meal otherwise he probably wouldn't have survived so long however but things do not work out well and again he doesn't know what to say and then at once at once right at the moment when jason some sort of the decided that this was all in vain that he some sort of is delusional that this was too good to be true and all these dreams he dreamed of that he will maybe someday escape the street go somewhere else be again with his former classmates or some sort of meet with other people and show them show them that he has actually succeeded that he has done something or accomplished something which society deems as worthy pursuing success or a goal so society bestows awards and allocates on this is how he dreamed of and that and in a way or another there his dreams did not become concrete and in a way or another could help him help him to get out of there help him to get off the street and 
be someone, someone with a face, but all and everything toppled. Evaporated in front of his very eyes. There was just silence. Silence he could not do anything without. Because silence, with silence he was greeted daily when he would be among people, when people would perceive the smell, this, the, this few, this, this few point and this stare and this glare into a world because people are afraid afraid that they might end up there as well afraid that they would become homeless even though they are wealthy even the most wealthy millionaire and billionaire is in a way or another afraid of being broke of landing on the streets having nothing and there are of course many stories stories of failures people who did not just hit rock bottom but even fall through the bottom landed on the streets and with no one ever caring for them and they ended up in nowhere in the darkness and people forgot about them and jason and all these homeless persons when they appear in the image they some sort of give a few into a world people try to forget that they are in their daily lives that they are not only failures of course people try to assuage assuage themselves try to comfort their their nerves that these people who are failures that they in a way deserved it that they ended up where they are because they lack commitment but yet yet they knew knew from all those success stories from all those stories great inter entrepreneurs use to tell whether they are true or not that success in general needs a big grain of luck this is what it is even though some entrepreneurs they had they started off from the same base they started off with the same means but others were more successful why because sometimes and mostly it all comes down to luck a big grain of luck and they know of course when they see these homeless persons when they see them on the streets and i them that they could end up there as well because success and failure are near and you have to in a way reckon with reckon with failure 
when you go all in because success means in a way to go all in at least this is what we hear about and from motivational speeches that those people who were successful that they went all in that they put their eggs in one basket no matter whether the aristoc broker will tell you you should not do so but they succeeded didn't they and we hear only about those successes we never really hear about failures about people who assumably did everything wrong did everything right they had commitment they had a, a will they they had this drive and energy to accomplish something but yet they did not succeed they fell through the bottom and all these people on the streets they are somehow scary scary in that sense that one could end up as well end up nowhere end up as a nobody and jason knows these cases cases and looks of contempt but as well as of fear fear because it is uncomfortable unbearable that everything you have built and built on every joy you have and have built on that everything could ever ever parade lose itself mean nothing anymore and this is scary scary indeed and th these people they want to forget they don't want to see they don't want to look at it they want it hidden out of sight so that they don't want to have to stare on it because their lives and this becomes very apparent at that very moment that their lives is like a balancing balance act or their life depends on a single threat and if this threat is cut off then everything would go down jason is almost tearful his dreams did not come to fruition nothing would ever happen of it he was sure of it and the only thing that was left for him to do is to leave he couldn't build anymore and and doesn't look at him and he is waiting for the moment when Anne 
starts to look up. When Anne looks at him in this contemptuous, in this contemptuous and fearful stare. Stare. Why? What are you still doing here? What's your place here? And he is fearful of this stare because it is devastating, devastating, crushing, soul crushing. And he wants to avoid it. Flee. What a ridiculous boy he was coming here and thinking that after all these years that he could change something, be somewhere else and somehow make the difference, whatever it is. But right at this very moment, right at that point when he was about to break, about to lose himself, Anne started to talk. See, she started to talk about James Duncan. James Duncan is one of Anne's classmates. He is a, a boy who comes from modest means and like Frederick, some sort of got a scholarship. And Anne always felt some sort of a special care and bond to this boy. Why? Because he is black. James Duncan is black and his parents are Well, they are not poor, they do not live in the hoods, but they struggle to make ends meet. They are not well off, like all others, like all, all, of, her, all of her classmates' parents. And Anne starts to talk about James Duncan, that black boy who was, is successful, who is the smartest in school. Jason is relieved and he starts listening to Anne talking about James Duncan and again Anne some sort of sees the black boy James Duncan as a stray dog, as someone who needs help. And Jason initially feels great relief and starts talking he does not feel himself misplaced anymore he perceives that things might turn out his way that he could get and make the turn but more and more this this thing starts to bother james bother jason Because Anne talks about Duncan in a very enthusiastic way. This black boy. And she keeps emphasizing that Duncan is black. And that she helps him. And that she does everything for him. And that James can always count on Anne. Anne 
Angeles, this in the hope, in the hope that Jason would understand that she is different, that her heart throbs differently. And Anne tells this story to Jason in order to explain to him that he can be comfortable around her despite the fact that she herself feels uncomfortable around him. But she wants to some sort of reassure herself. That's why she started talking about James, James Duncan, the black boy who came very far. But this icebreaker used by Anne was is differently perceived by Jason. Because Jason, in a way, did not grow up in a school, did not grow up in a neighborhood where black youths, where black, where blacks lived. This was a gated community. His father was a a dentist. He did not meet any black friends, any black classmates. The school he went to were white. And now the woman he adores talks about a black guy. And she talks about him in a way which appears to him revering. And what does Jason know about black people? Mostly through the media, through the news, they are criminal, they are violent, and they have huge sexual organs. That's all he knows about them. And he gets jealous. He was in initially Relief that Anne, in a way, started talking, broke the ice. But now things getting tense. Because now Jason, in a way, feels and perceives, perceives that he could be swapped, that he could be exchanged. That his... his efforts would be in vain and he could be supplanted by a black man, a black boy, Duncan. And Jason grows tense. What does Anne want to say? What's her purpose? What's her objective? Why did she started talking. Why did she start talking about Duncan, this black boy who is the smartest in class, who is loved according to Anne by all her, by the school. And Anne keeps talking talking about that some of her 
classmates would feel envious about Duncan, that they do not like him. I mean, she does not say the obvious. She assumes it is clear that they do not like him because he's black. But Jason can fill the gaps for it because he always assumed and this was the grand narration that black people are stupid, that they do not know anything about life and that they live on the hoods, in the hoods because they deserve to be where they are and that there would be a natural order in society but now he's struck with it now he has to witness and perceive that a black boy apparently does better than Jason he seems to be successful and he is revered by women by women like Anne Farrell and Jason feels embarrassed because he did not get this attention from his girlfriend. He was not, or at least he assumes he was not made the, the center of a story. Rather, he was abandoned by his girlfriend. And now he has to, he has to listen to this. And it blows his mind. And Anne keeps talking, keeps talking, but Jason's smile has evaporated. He cannot in, in engage in this anymore. He decodes from Anne's narration that Anne probably has feelings for this Duncan, that Anne probably likes this Duncan. And why did she talk with me? What was the cause? And more and more, he assumes that Anne probably has only pity for him. And he met those people before people who want to give themselves or relieve their conscience with charity, who give beggars money just to and wait wait long enough until they hear from the beggar gratitude thank yous and blessings so that they can feel good about themselves feel great about themselves can feel relieved and jason thought to himself this is the Same again. He's been tricked, played. This is all not real. Anne is not really interested in him. He, Jason remembers some of those projects he and some of his classmates had to do back in school where they had to present a social issue, an issue in society, intended by teachers, intended by teachers who want to 
grow awareness among the well-off peoples that there are actually people in society who are not doing well, who are not, who do not have privileges. And Jason felt revolting because now he some sort of felt dubbed that he, that he was played, that he is probably nothing more than a social project. After a while, Anne stopped, stops talking. She looks at Jason. Jason can only faintly smile because what? what's your proper response to it? Jason misses these social practices. They use the practice in social appearance to understand those subtle meanings, to understand and look through Anne's story, what she wants to say, what she tries to convey to him. He lacks anything of it. All these years on the street have some sort of numb his social perception, his social skills. He takes everything on face value. And there he feels a deep disappointment that he has to compete with others, with this Duncan, this black boy he assumed would never do as good as a white boy's and who apparently seems to have this commitment and determination to actually accomplish something. And Jason feels devastated, devastated because now he has to face, face all his shattered dreams because now things become even desperate. He feels even more stupid. Stupid because he just walked away, threw it all away. And then now a Duncan, a black boy, takes up the scrapes and can do things or accomplish something he could not accomplish. He was not capable of accomplishing. And Jason starts to hate this. Duncan despises him. This Duncan took away his illusion, his illusion that some day, some year, or the inner moment whatsoever, in every scenario, that there would be a way back. Because there would be still an empty place on the table and that he only has to sit there that people would in a way just wait for him his peers his family all all the people he imagines who still who who still in a way hope for him think of him 
that and hope and pray that he might one day come back, come back to them. Come back and sit on the empty place. Sit on the table. Reassume his place because he thought about it. He thought about it a great deal. What would happen when he would come knocking on the door of his father? But now with now this Duncan, this black boy fills the gap and he imagines that his life was made up solid. No one is talking about Jason anymore. No, everyone is talking about this wonder kind James Duncan, who is smart. And Jason assumes because a lot of black men and blacks that they are not considered smart, that many black people so are his prejudices, that they are not smart at all, that they are not intelligent, and that there would be ample proof that they do not have the wits, that Jason, therefore, that Duncan, therefore, he must be someone exceptional, smart, black and intelligent. This is unique. And he comes from the hoods. He He's not privileged, not privileged like all others. A simple, simple boy who accomplished a lot, seems to accomplish a lot and is being revered by all these white people and this is rewarding for Jason unbearable the table is full and there is silence again Anne and Jason stare at each other Jason just nods he can't look at her anymore he feels supplanted worthless What a joke it was coming here for nothing. Letting oneself exposed to this. He imagines, imagines and he thought about this a great deal. What would happen when he would go back and meet his father? Would stand under these chiding, watchful and unforgiving eyes what he would have to listen to what a failure he was that all these years he lived on the street for nothing and this is what he feared the most and now this seems to re-emerge in Anne's cases how ridiculous his life was and that he probably threw away a chance a chance of a normal life he could have been this Duncan he could have been with Anne he could have been the one Anne would talk about enthusiastically he he just threw it away at the next instance he did not wait he he, he could not bring in the efforts for patience
he was not patient. And now the void was filled and he could, couldn't do anything about it anymore. Now he felt that there wouldn't be a way back, that his time was up, his illusions crumbled. And he just stood up. He, he could do nothing anymore just to stand up. He said to Anne, he says to Anne that he has to, to be somewhere and that they should meet again next week because he has to work a lot. Jason still wants to pretend that he's working, that he's uh, that he has a job, but it is it does not sound convincing anymore. And just nods. She doesn't know what she said. Was it wrong? Was it uncomfortable? What was it? So Jason leaves.